Hello and welcome to For Book's Sake. I'm Heather Roberts. And I'm Veronica Adams. And together we are like half of 1852 media. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. And we are here to talk to you about covers today. What's in a cover? What is yes. in a cover? What why, is in a cover, Heather? Why are we not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but then we care so much about covers? Okay. <laughs> Full disclosure, I judge books by covers all the I do, time. too. I do, too. And everybody in this industry does. Like, literally everybody. That's why they're so important. Yeah. And, you know, if you take away the cover and you just put the blurb or a very short synopsis, mm-hmm. it is it is surprising how many people will click on something that they are now suddenly interested in that they weren't interested in when they saw the cover. So right. it's just it just goes to show you how important that cover is because yes. the retailers have the cover. So you can have the same language, but a cover that doesn't appeal to a specific mm-hmm. audience and suddenly you're not marketable to that audience that otherwise would have purchased right. you. Right. That's why. I do remember too that like there are a lot of people <clears throat> who shop for books in such a way that perhaps their intention spans are not like super lengthy. So reading your full blurb or synopsis just may not be something they can do. So your book cover is really like the body language of your book. And just like demonstrating what they can expect from it. You have to think about like what vibes is the cover giving off? Yes. You know, what is the right vibe? Because even when you're at the grocery store, right, for example, or Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe in a, maybe you're picking out a nice bottle of wine Sometimes yeah. you don't know those brands, right? Like true. unless you're a true wine connoisseur, you know, right. unless you are really into it. When I'm picking out a bottle of wine to take to a housewarming or something, I don't know any of the brands. I'm just looking what looks pretty, what yeah. looks nice, like what what is the vibe that I'm going mm-hmm. for? And I right. know these people. What, what's in my budget and what looks appealing to me from the label. Correct. And you yeah. have to remember, that's what a lot of people do when they look at books, it's true. And if they're looking for a specific vibe of a, of a book too, I mean, trope and feel and author voice, yeah. and they're going to be looking for certain markers on the cover that right. give them that acknowledgement that, that this is what I'm looking for. Yes. Exactly. And also, I'm thinking back to what, about a week, week and a half ago when the romance sector of the indie publishing community had a huge group promotion. Yes. Over, I think over 2,000, almost 2,500 books included in one big, like, free sale thing, okay? Yeah. And I think about how, for some readers, that promotion would have been so much easier to sort through had book covers been readily available in the list of books, right? But also... But also... If you take the book covers out of the equation, you have to actually concentrate on that back cover copy and on the tropes that the authors provide, right? So like you're shopping specifically for, okay, this time I want small town second chance romance, right? So you're just going through looking for all of those and downloading all of them, right? As part of the promotion. Yeah. But I can guarantee you 
that had there been a visual component to the landing page, there would have been people who literally just downloaded everything they thought looked good, regardless of what the back cover copy had to say. Right. It goes both ways, you know, because it's two different, it's a, it's a different kind of reader. Right. And And your back cover copy needs to be tight, but your cover also needs to look good. This is also why it is healthy and completely legit to switch up your cover from time to time. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. you're going to draw in a new audience that maybe didn't realize that they would like your book and mm-hmm. based upon the prior cover. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's human nature. It's human nature to, well, you know, be drawn to certain things. Absolutely. And some people like I mean, trends, right? Yes. So, I was just going to, I was just going to touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Like if you wrote a book five years ago and it's still got the cover that you chose five years ago chances are trends have changed enough that it may be time for you to completely overhaul the cover and go with a new aesthetic for that book or the entire series if it's part of one. Yeah. It's just like clothing. You know, you have the little black dress, which is very classic. So I would say in in Romancelandia, that would be man chest with very, Mm -hmm. you know, clean typeface on it. That's going to be classic and probably will last you for years and will get, you know, generally good at good results. However, if you want to take a risk and go for something that's going to make you stand out in the sea that is Romance Landia, right? Because it's very oversaturated um, or very saturated, I should say. I don't know. Oversaturated is the right word, but there's a lot of books out there. So you're trying to stand out from the crowd and rise above the noise. And by taking a risk and making your cover look a little bit different, you can accomplish that. But then at the same time, in five years, it's probably, I mean, probably even less than or, that. Or maybe, maybe even five months. Yeah, even five months, you're going to have to change your cover. So yeah, you have to think about that with budget constraints as well. What can you afford to do? And in the same vein, there are some authors who've gotten very good at making their own covers. There are some authors who make their own covers who probably shouldn't. And I'm just being honest. That's true. Um, <laughs> just being honest. But if you have if you have the ability to make your own cover, you have become adept at that. You yeah. also now have a leg up in the industry because you can not only flip your covers out quickly, right? Like and do yeah. a different cover on a whim. You can right. now also test your covers before you even put it up there to begin with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are certain styles of cover that lend it, lend themselves to this process way more easily than others. Like the amount of skill and time that it takes to produce an urban fantasy book cover or a paranormal romance cover or a sci-fi romance cover, you're, you're layering various images and it takes a lot of Photoshop skill or other design program skill to really nail those. Yeah. But if you're writing like dark contemporary or romantic suspense and you use object covers, because I mean, those are classic. Very classic. It takes 10 minutes to put an object cover together if you find the right stock photo. Yeah. I mean, it could take longer, but like it, it realistically, could, yeah. some... With some, some of your with favorite skill. object covers probably only took yeah. 10 minutes to create. And someone that kn- has a little bit of skill and knows the program, they could probably exactly. do it in 10 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, exactly. yeah. So, and I'm reading a book right now that has an object cover on it. I think that was released in, I don't know, 2013 maybe. It's it's an okay. oldie, but a goodie. It's a good 10 years old. But it has an object cover on it. 
and object covers are still in style today. Completely. Completely. So that is a timeless classic that Mm -hmm. the, the cover honestly does not look dated. So you have to really think about what is, what do you want to do? Are you with the the trend of the vectors, right? Mm -hmm. They are adorable and very cute. They are also a trend. And so when that trend ends, (laughs) you are going to have to change your cover or you're going to be stuck with a book that no longer people aren't going to respond to because they're not going to necessarily remember the trend. Well, or they're going to go, oh, that book is old. Yes, that Look is the, the other yep. cover on it. We completely left those behind three years ago, five years ago, whatever. Right, right. So you have to think about what are the trends? Are you willing to put the money up to continue to change them? Or do you want to go something a little bit more classic that's going to last you longer? Right. And you just have to market in different ways since you know that cover changing mm-hmm. is not going to be one of the tools that you're using to market right. your book. Right. To find a new audience. You have to be aware of your brand uh, and and know your readers well enough to know which course is probably the best one for you. You know, if you rely on a lot of social media marketing and like virality to get your books out there, you have a big social media following or you've hit the TikTok lottery a couple of times, you may be able to take the risk of chasing trends as long as you have the budget to change covers quickly at some point in the future when the trends are no longer trendy. Yeah. If you're more of a classic or your readers are potentially a little bit more mature and you rely more on like newsletter marketing, trends may not necessarily be the best. They might not be the place to go. Right. Right. And yeah, if your authors skew older, you, you mm-hmm. may not have the need to chase the trends in the same way that if you're trying to yeah. grab those younger, that au- younger audience. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It's a great point. Because the younger audience tends to enjoy the trends more, which is mm-hmm. valid. It's fine. Uh, just like slang words change over time with the young, the young kids. I have a 17 year old, so I know all the current slang, but you know, so so do the the trends for the younger audience for romance books as well. Right, right. So you just have to, to think about all of that when you're looking at your cover. And, okay, so the question is, when you're trying to figure out, if you're an author and you, you're, you don't really know where to start. Yeah. Where should you start, Veronica? Oh, Lord. So, I, I mean, you need to know what works for the genre that your book is in. I mean, like that... There are just some basic standards there across all genres for what really sells a book, the covers that work. If you are completely overwhelmed and you have no idea, go look at your competition. Go look yeah. at your contemporaries. Go look at the other books in your genre or subgenres and see exactly what uh, the formula is. What is know? the common thread that strings yes. through all of them? Exactly. Exactly. You write sci-fi romance, nine times out of 10, you are going to have a bare chested stock photography male model who has been treated in a graphic design program to have some sort of really colorful or tattooed skin um, scales. Yes. (laughs) To make him look like some sort of humanoid alien hybrid kind of thing. Right. Yeah. If you write contemporary, you could go with like a 
uh, a really sweet couple if your story has a sweeter vibe or you can go all the way down to like basically dude in a towel you can see everything but the stuff you're not allowed to see right it it really I mean, just depends on what you what you're writing you need to know what what is the most common denominator in your genre or genres if you're writing hockey romance you mm. should probably incorporate some type of hockey something on the cover or such a fun little niche too, because like there is a variety of ways to play on the idea that it's hockey specifically sports across the board, right? Yeah. Like you can do the dude in his uniform, whatever sport he plays, you can do the arena or field or rink where they the play. Like, yep. There's so many options. You can do the city that the team is based in. If you're doing a whole series, right? Like, yeah. And if, and if you're really conscious of trying to make sure that your book is going to look like the other books in your genre, uh-huh. you know, look at the colors that people are using. Is there yes. one color that is standing out more than others? Yes. There might be a reason for that because I have tried, I, I have clients who write dark romance, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided to do this series and switch up the the covers throughout the series so like one cover would be this color next cover would be you know this color all would be like black and whatever right and yeah it didn't work the the black and gold books sold the black and red books did not sell black and green books did not sell the black so i was like and she's was the client was struggling and i was like change the covers to black and gold all of them immediately yep and she did. And shockingly, they started to sell. It's just like one of those things that dark in dark romance, black and gold just signifies that this is dark romance. Yep. Do you have to do that? No. Can you be an outlier? Of course. With all of this, you can always be an outlier. Yes. But if you yes. are looking for something that is tried and true and that you know is going to work, that's an example of something that's yeah. going to work. You know, I, romantic suspense, <clears throat> dark, erotic romance. MC and mafia romance, like sort of the uh, out outlaw, if you will, people who are outside the norm of society, like those kinds of books yeah. in any way, shape or form. I can think of three authors we've worked with over the years who have employed that sort of rainbow strategy. Mm-hmm. And one of them went back and went with a black and gold theme and it changed everything. Changed, changed everything. everything. It's crazy. Yeah. You wouldn't think that something's so simple because everything else remained the same, mm-hmm. just a color choice. And that can change the entire trajectory of the series. But it's such a standard in that niche of romance that readers expect it and it communicates exactly what you want it to. Right. And that's the type of thing that I'm talking about. You know, when you're looking at the the covers from the other genres, you want to look at what's the thread that ties them all together. Right. That when somebody looks at that cover, they say, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Um, So that you, you don't want to leave the reader guessing too much. You just really don't. Um, Because if they have to think too hard, they're not going to buy your book. Yep. So communicate effectively as to what it is. Mm -hmm. And then, you know. Yeah, we, you know, if you write women's fiction or romantic women's fiction, for example, you might want to lean toward more beachy covers and make your books look more like, you know, Coastal Cottage, that that small town uh, Rachel Hannah is the first author that comes to mind that Rachel Hannah vibe right like yeah because it's it's a standard those yeah. those books sell because they look the way readers who love them expect them to look 
Yeah, there's a genre, um, you know, uh, basically clean romance, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, closed door. And it's all of the covers in that genre are basically like the either the exact same background and change out of like one thing on the front, like of what's in the foreground. Yes. Or, you know, the exact same photo, just in slightly different color variations, Uh where like one thing's changed on the cover. You have to go and look and see. But like when you go into that genre, you immediately see, oh, this is what that is. Yeah. And if you do something outside of that and try to sell in that genre... Right. There's going to be market confusion. There's going to be reader Mm -hmm. confusion. They're not going to realize that you are like these other books. Right. Right. You write a thriller. Yeah. The expectation is going to be that you have some sort of really dark, intense image with block text. Yeah. Some kind of big block text. Big block text. It may even be like really stretched out and elongated, but it is this like can't miss it block text. Yeah. Yeah, we could just do this like through all. Of I know them, we could right? do this for all. It they all have like different markers. As Paranormal you know, everything is usually a mishmash of images, yeah. right? Like you have to layer a background scene with some sort of like <laughs> filter or smoke or sparkle that, that evokes the thought of magic or you know paranormal supernatural activity. And then you've got to have at least one character, right? Like mm-hmm. if it's paranormal cozy, you've got your heroine doing whatever she does because she's probably a baker or a librarian or something, or she owns a bookshop or a coffee shop, right? Yeah. Got to have the coffee shop or something in there if that's what or it is. Or if it's paranormal romance, you've got a really hunky dude with no shirt on and then yep. like whatever animal he shifts into in the background, like watching over him, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. It, it can be formulaic, but it it's can. that way for a reason because it works. Because it works. And yes. you don't have to do these things, but oftentimes when you stray outside of them and you're newer mm-hmm. in the in the genre, yes. that's when uh, you don't find the success that you're hoping to find because you don't have yet the brand power to be able to start mm-hmm. shifting the genre into a different direction. Right. Um, right. So <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> So covers are important. I mean, I feel like that if one thing we've learned today, it's that covers are important. Very. Probably more important than some people wish they were. (laughs) But I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you spend your hard time, your hard work and effort, all that time into writing a book, right? Like, shouldn't the 70,000, 100,000, 40,000 words you wrote be important? Yes, of course they are. But to get people to buy it. You've got to put something on the cover that makes them want to. I will say, though, that cover reveals are not as important as they used to be. It used to be... Totally overrated as a promotional tool at this point. It used to be that the cover reveal was like this big thing. Everybody, let's keep the cover secret. Like It was literally like clandestine efforts to get the cover out there. (laughs) You would send it out to bloggers at the very last minute before... You know, because you didn't want Strict anybody instructions to instructions not to share until do not the share. event day. Yeah. Yes. And you'd only share it like you do it like the night before, so that the morning right. there was like a really short right. period of time in yes. between that. It's not like that anymore. No, no one gives a fuck. Put the cover Put your book up, up for pre-order yeah, as far out as you can. Yes. Slap the cover up on your listing now and start marketing immediately. Immediately. Like- the market <laughs> has changed, my friends. <laughs> 
get your goddamn cover up there on Amazon the second that you possibly can. Yes. And, and pull like 5,000 mm. words worth of like excerpts too, because you're yeah. going to be teasing with that, you know, like just, yes, yes. Yes. So it is, don't worry about a cover reveal. We do cover right. shares now. That's what I yes. do. it, And it's just really the, the launch of the marketing campaign. I, I still call them cover reveals for the clients who want them branded that way. Yeah, sure. Because they're, you know, there's no harm in them being a cover reveal, but really they are a cover share because nine times out of 10, the cover is actually already available for you to see Yeah, on at least one retailer or in the author store. Yeah. And I mean, if you have a group or something like that, you have a group of loyal readers, you could mm-hmm. always drop your cover in there the night before that you put yeah. it up on pre-order, et cetera. Send out your newsletter to your send, subscribers yeah. early. You can totally do that as a reveal. But frankly, Absolutely. if you are sharing the cover for the first time, you should have the pre-order link with it. You are missing yes. out on an opportunity to get people Absolutely. to click and to purchase if you are just sending out the cover for funsies. You need the pre-order link attached to it, period. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Yeah. So think about that when you're trying to plan out these cover reveals and, um, you know, the best use of the first impression of that cover. Yes. You want to have everything everything lined up. Um, Some authors will put up books for pre-order without covers a year in advance and then use the cover reveal. Yeah. Yeah. And then use the cover reveal. They already have a link. It's great. So yeah, that works beautifully. Mm -hmm. I like that approach as well. So I have a question. Okay. Taking a step back and pretending that I'm brand new to writing and that I'm just about to hit publish or I'm getting ready to hit publish on my debut novel. Where do I find a cover? Like I I can't, you know, like maybe I can't make one for myself. How do I source a cover? Well, you know, yeah, there's, there's several ways that you can do this. You can either go to pre-made covers. Like there's different designers that have whole libraries essentially of pre-made covers that are already in existence and are usually a very cost conscious way of getting a beautifully designed cover. Yes. In the year of our Lord 2023, I know there are designers out there selling pre-mates for $50 a pop. Yeah. Like, it's beautiful. And you can find that. And they look great. They usually do. Now, they may not necessarily be exclusive. The designer may reserve the right to reuse portions of your pre-made design on other covers in the future. And the imagery Mm. is going to be stock. So other people will have the same base image on their cover, potentially. But... It will be a thoughtfully designed, genre-specific, dynamic cover for a very small investment. Yes. You can also go to, now if you want to go up like next level, you can get a cover design specifically for you. You can find cover designers all over the internet. I mean, there's websites that... Mm -hmm. Be wary of some of these websites, especially in the year of our Lord 2023, as you say, with the, with the age of AI. Be wary. Of, on Beyonce's internet, please on, be careful. Yes, please be careful. So think about that when you're doing some Google searches. Get some references. I cannot say this enough. Get references. If you want, if you want recommendations, email us. Yes. We will give you recommendations. We, we keep a list of trusted designers whose work is high quality and who our clients rave about consistently that we can give you the website links to or an, a contact email for. I mean, really. Yeah. Please. Ask around for ask recommendations. Around. Yes. Get some recommendations. There are tons of great designers. 
you can go on Fiverr and find a designer. But yes, you can. You know, and I've had clients who have had great results with that. Yes, absolutely. I've also had clients who've had misses with that. So, or who've lost money. Yeah. So you have to be careful, but you can find great people uh, to do, do exist. to do this work. And then for the the imagery that you're using, you can either use stock imagery that you're purchasing from licensing, I should say, mm-hmm. from a stock photo site, or you are getting a exclusive photo, which means that that photo is being sold only to you and you alone, and you are the one that's using it on your cover. And that's from, you know, photo- photographers in this industry, like um, Golden Zermak, um, Wander Aguilar, um, CJC Photography, um, Matt, uh, Michelle Lancaster, oh, uh, Corey yes, Sterley. I don't know. Let's name some more. I'm, Listen to you. You are a fountain a- of custom <laughs> photography knowledge. <clears throat> so Dante um, Bellamore, I think is his last name. I mean, I could I could continue on. I'm just thinking. There's a time. Gene Woodfin. I'm sorry. Gene Woodfin, right? Yes. There's there's a ton. There's a ton Regina of Gina Wamba. Like yeah, so over Gina Wamba. Yes. There's a ton of amazing photographers. Mm-hmm. And that list was not this that list was off the top of my head on this Friday morning <laughs> in which I've had a very <laughs> small amount of coffee. So. If we didn't mention you, it's not personal. It is not just, personal. Uh, are under caffeinated on a Friday morning. That's right. <laughs> but we there's amazing photographers in this industry. Totally. We'll sell totally. you exclusive images that you can then use on the cover of your books. Um, and then there's also these photographers will often do custom images for you. Yes, they can. And Absolutely. you can actually purchase an entire photo shoot specific for you your book. You can even retain the specific model or models yes. you want in the photo shoot. You just have to be willing to pay whatever their fees are associated yeah, with. Yeah, these are levels, my friends. These yeah, are levels yeah, yeah, yeah. that we're talking about of where, where yeah. you're going with these uh, the yeah, covers. We're talking about several thousand dollars worth of investment at this point. Yes. Like, we're top tier, basically. Yeah. But, like, if you're just getting started, I, I think maybe a good tip would be to get on Instagram. Yeah. And just like search hashtag cover reveal or hashtag cover share or hashtag cover design and see whose accounts are getting tagged in posts Yeah, with those hashtags and check out their work. Decide what if you like. like it. Yeah. See what works for your kind of book. And look at your genre and see who, mm-hmm. if you look on the inside of the books you will see who designed the cover because yes. the authors are supposed to tell us that on the inside of yes, the book. Yes, they have to give attribution for all that stuff they bought or licensed. So like, for example, I have this book by Tori Heat still sitting here. I think I talked about this couple. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tori's book. Tori's book. This is, you know, you look at this and you think it's dark somehow, right? Like, you know that this is dark. There's a skull in there. Like, it is fiery. It is dark. Undoubtedly right? dark. So if this is your jam... Um, cover design was by Books and Moods. So you can go to Books and Moods and know that you can get this type of art done on for your book. So apologies. That was my cell phone that I forgot to mute. And it was spam call. Of course it was. It's 1998 again, you guys. That was the West Wing theme. It was the West Wing theme. (laughs) Don't judge me. 
I love I'm you. not judging you. I was getting lost in a fantasy of a world where our politicians nostalgia. weren't corrupt and they always did the right thing. Nostalgia. So. Yes. I know. I know. That's why it is the way it is because I, you know, I like to let Bartlett be Bartlett. <laughs> that is so good. Um, this one is you look at this one and you see billionaire romance. I mean, totally. 100% maybe, maybe darkish, maybe darkish. Maybe like- BDSM lifestyle billionaire. Yeah. I don't know. It's got like a, it, it's got a bit of a kinky look to me, I think, or erotic look. This cover art is by Midnight Designs. And the vector image for... was from Deposit Photos. So, yeah. Sweet. And the. Super simple. The back is beautiful. Hot. Yeah, that's really hot. This is on my list. So, you know. Um, but that's my point. You can look at these covers, see what they are, look on the inside, see who designed them, yep. and go talk to them. That's right. That's Very it. Very easy. That, that's it. Great way to source your first cover <laughs> if you haven't done it yet. Exactly. But, well, you got a marketing tip for us this week, Heather? I do. And my marketing tip is to pivot. Do not be afraid to be flexigumby. As a business owner. In fact, you should that be. That fits perfectly with today's topic. Yeah. That's just a beautiful segue. You have to be flexigumby. You have to be able to pivot. You that That is a term that I've stolen from my husband. I think it's a military term. Yeah, And it's it also ages me slightly. Definitely sounds like your husband. Doesn't it? <laughs> but he's right. I mean, you have to be able to be flexible, to be able to pivot, to yeah. not take things so personally, uh, because you will, there has been so many times, specifically with covers, as we're talking about, that I have as a marketing expert said, this is a great cover. And the author is like, I'm in love with this cover. And then you put it out into market. And for whatever reason, the market's like, this is shit. And so you have to get over yourself and say, yep. okay, this isn't working right now. Let's change it. We have to be able to change it. Flip the script on that. There are also going to be times where you just absolutely love the cover and someone with a professional opinion about cover design, whether it's a support person in your network or someone in the genre who's been writing longer than you, is going to tell you that cover is not going to work. It's just not as good as you think it is. You need to change it. Yeah. And you may be resistant to doing it for a little while because you're invested in it, both emotionally and financially. Yeah. But most of the time, they're right. You can't see the forest for the trees. And that advice is usually pretty sound. Yeah. There have been times that I thought that a cover was the ugliest, ugly, ugly, awful cover I have ever seen. Yeah. And then it sells like hotcakes. <laughs> and so it often has very little to do with personal likes. You know? Absolutely. That, that's Absolutely. my whole point here. You, ha- you have to remove the emotional, personal aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. like to this uh, yeah. because oftentimes uh, th- that is not the case. That's not what's you have to look at the themes, the threads, what is selling the book? What is the market want right yep. now? Yep. And that's what's in, you know, that's, what's going to sell your book. So look at it objectively speaking, like mm-hmm. objectively, is this cover anything like new or really different? No, no. But is it also a beautiful cover? Yes. Gorgeous. Do we know what it is just by looking at yes. it? Yes. Absolutely. And I mean, they did a little bit new with the foil, right? There's a little foil oh. action on there. Love, Love that. Love a foil cover. Yes. And yes. it, you know, 
that's my point. You don't have to reinvent the wheel to make something look special for you. Right. So be flexible. <laughs> be willing to pivot. Be willing to pivot. Excellent advice. Thank beautiful. you. Thank you. Thank you. I think that could apply to so many things too. It could. Just like, you know, Taylor Swift pivots with her own marketing plan. I had to bring her up. I, why? I we made it 32 I know. Damn minutes, Heather. Because we made it 32 <laughs> minutes without mentioning the queen. And he- Mother. <laughs> I worked Beyonce in for a reason, right? Like I that know. was my way of blowing off a little bit of the pressure, but I know. But like really I'm like, loving this Travis Kelsey thing. I cannot let's talk. It. I, I mean, am obsessed. We can talk. I, I because think, I sell romance books yes. all day long. I'm obsessed. It's also with the a, optics of this. It's an amazing PR move. Do I think that they're really in a romantic relationship? Mm, I, I, I go back and forth. But it's a beautiful. I think they're having fun together. I think like genuinely having fun together. Yeah, I think but if nothing is this else, more of friends. a marketing PR move than anything else. Yes, I'm. I'm ready and willing to make that argument. Yes. <laughs> Hundred percent, yes. Because PR is not just like PR management. It's not just like when you have an album out. Yeah. It's what do you do in between these albums in order to uh, reach new audiences? You're telling well, me just, that she didn't reach a new audience with this hookup 100%. with with Travis. But also, it's this unholy alliance of Swifties with the NFL too. Like yes. she is, she is giving what she has built to this place where a lot of her followers don't really interact or, you know, spend money. And the Kelsey brothers just released a documentary this month. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot tell me this was 100% the timing planned. of this is not fortunate. I mean, they literally, the, the convertible shot, come on guys, they did not drive off from the stadium in a convertible. That was 100% a PR video or a photo shoot. I mean, Come, come the fuck on. Don't, don't crush was, my getaway car dreams. Please. It did not happen. Like literally there was nobody in front of them. There was nobody behind. Like it was a closed street and she does not go in a convertible anywhere. Come, come, come on. The P, but people are eating it up. People are loving it. Oh, they went out on a date in a little convertible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the just. The leaked photo from the bar after the game. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so approved. It's. It's so well done. Like she is just a mastermind. I know this is her. <laughs> I this is not Travis Kelsey. I'm sorry. He is he's a willing participant. No no doubt whatsoever and is he's reaping smart. benefits. He's not stupid. But she is the mastermind behind this. She knows exactly 100%. what she's doing. And you know, I don't have a problem. I like I like the mom. I like Travis's mom, him and his brother like they're their mom seems oh, really they are just like precious all American yeah. Midwestern boys. Like just seems really the, down to earth. A really yeah. nice, like, yeah, no, I, actually, I had a conversation with my husband last night about how Jason apparently until this last weekend had the highest selling woman's Jersey in the NFL. My husband was like, how is that possible? He's like this average, like defensive lineman center guy who's just not really conventionally attractive. And I was like, well, then you don't understand the female gaze, my friend, yeah. because Jason Kelsey is a smash all day long. All day. I don't care. Like just something so relatable and down to earth and like yeah. attractive about that. And he seems like a yeah. genuinely like, decent they are guy. Totally just like Wonder Bread, right? Yeah. Like Americana. Right. 
male-centered white privilege midwestern mm-hmm. like normal american family values kind of thing like and the mom seems very yeah. down to earth she's willing to poke fun at herself she's willing to mm-hmm. you know be we know that she's willing to jump into pr things because she did that all around the super bowl oh my gosh and yeah. so she's absolutely a willing participant in this but is also seemingly a very down-to-earth human who taylor could actually genuinely probably get along with it just seems like a natural mesh and yeah so this whole thing completely scripted in a way but also i love it i mean well done well done i am am living a hallmark movie in real life with every piece of content that drops that's exactly what they're doing and well done on them yep well done so and that, that, mean, was, your, that, that was, was your Swift five minute yeah. Taylor Swift tip for the for the week. <laughs> yeah, because apparently that's what we do now. So, <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. You're yeah. letting the beat take us out. I'm turning us off. I'm turning us off. <laughs> okay. <gasps> oh.